Praise the Lord in this place. He is worthy to be praised. We are moving in this month to a new series. You see that on your bulletin. It says, uh, Looking in the Mirror. Michael Jackson made a famous song, said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. We know we have more than man and women is. I just put looking in the mirror. You can figure it out. And what I want us to highlight, as was read in this great text of James, it says that one who are hearers only is like one who looks in the mirror and forgets what they see. I want to deal with this morning not forgetting. Not forgetting what we see, because we need to realize that in order for us to be accountable, we need to remember who we are. And many times we try to escape who we are, that we try to stop from looking at who we are. We stop from looking at who we are when we don't want to receive criticism from someone that knows you best. They're trying to tell you how to talk, but you say, nothing wrong with what I got to say. This is just who I am. And if you don't like it, that's your fault. I say, well, if that's the situation, then why didn't God leave you like that? God figured that, yeah, I know how you are, but I know I can change you. So I sent my only begotten son so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And so in this process, we want to look about how we need to forgive not forget what we see. Because when we forget what we see, we forget who we are, and we move on as if there's nothing wrong. I want to look at how he summarizes in verses 26 to 27, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Mm. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. One translation, refuse to be polluted by the world or being defiled by the world. What is going on here, in order for me to truly remember who I am, I got to have the word in my heart. Tell you, never get the word in your heart. The commands that are given here in this text, looking at James 19 all the way to verse 27, please keep your Bible open, try your best not to fall asleep, because I'm not going to deviate from this text. It opens up, a stoic a, a poet put it this way, that you have two ears and one mouth so, so you can listen more than you speak. A lot of us, some of us, maybe many of us, maybe all of us have a problem with that. I know I do. I like talking and I love talking. Matter of fact, I talk more than I listen. I know I do. And so therefore there's an instruction given here to remind us that we need to be slow to speak and quicker to listen. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Because I'm just going to talk to myself. I'll just go back outside in the parking lot and talk to myself. But I'm trying to see if there's somebody else in here with me to realize that I sometimes talk more than I listen. 
And there's sometimes I just need to sit down and be quiet. Can I go back to last week and be still? And know that he is God. Uh, in this text, we see these instructions that are given. The imperative here is beloved. I like how he opens it up. Beloved, uh, my brothers, my sister, New Living Translation. He's trying to say that I care about you. And since I care about you, I, I want to give you some instructions, some directions that are going to be beneficial to your life. Don't you like to hear words that are good for your life? That's why they got all those good books out there, how to have a certain diet, how to live this way, how to accumulate wealth, how to succeed in the workplace, how to succeed in your marriage. Everybody wants some good advice. Well, here's some great advice right here. The first imperative that he gives to us is that we need to be quick to listen. Before we moved anywhere else, he said, before you start formulating your opinion, Start, art, start formally how you're going to respond, how they approached you. Anybody done that before? Let me cut you off right now. <laughs> Hold on, I didn't say anything. <laughs> but I know what you're about to say. What you know. So we need to stop and brace ourselves and say, you know what? Let me relax. And let me listen what they have to say. Because when I'm listening, it'll help me to slow down my tongue. Another poet put it this way. I believe, I'm sorry, not a poet, but I believe it's quoted to the rabbis. I'm going to misquote, but help me out, somebody. It says that our tongue is like a rabbit hedged by the teeth. Meaning that it's something to help prevent it from it getting loose. Because you know when a rabbit gets out, what it do? It just run all over the place. The proverb says a man of many words is quick to follow. Y'all know that. Sometimes you talk too much and words slip out, you're like, ooh. And we understand this too, that we can, we can say, forgive me for what I said, but you cannot be forgiven for the damage. Because after you already said, oh, you sure look like, oh, forgive me for what I said, that person still hurt. You know, I, I remember, you know, they tell that tell it to us as kids, and I love my mama, but she told me as kids because I was fighting. Somebody said something about my mama. I was in the church, and I turned around, I was casing that boy back, and I, my, my siblings were all embarrassed. and said, be quiet, be quiet, and I started crying. He talk about my mama. <laughs> I ain't going to sit down and let you talk about my mama. I'm going to case you back because you showing up, look like, blah, blah, blah. you know, I was going off. Then my mom sat me down and said, he don't know me. And then she went and said, you know, sticks and stones may break, but words won't hurt me. I said, but it hurt me. <laughs> and, and she was letting me know that he can say what he wants, but I, 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 I'm here to say that sometimes we know that words sometimes cut. And they hurt. And so that's why we have to be slow in formulating our words and our sentences and realize that I need to stop and listen first. Because you're supposed to be fast at one thing, fast at listening. Y'all see that? He said be slow. Slow to speak. And in that I, I, I had to train myself to remind myself, wait till they're finished. And I still got to remind myself, so sometimes I got to ask just to make sure because I'm ready to jump and I got to slow down. So are you done? 
did you say this? And so I want to make sure I heard what they had to say before I even replied. I still got to hold myself back. Because sometimes when we don't fully listen, we jump off the handle. And we address things that have nothing to do with what has already been addressed. We deal with peripherals instead of getting to the root of the problem. Instead of looking at the problem of the circumstance of the situation. Tell your neighbor, it's still about you. Because oftentimes the problem has nothing to do with the person talking to you, but the problem's in you. But you don't want to address it because you forgot what you were looking at. And so if I'm slow to speak, I'm quick to listen, I might be slow to get angry. Because I heard what you had to say and realized it was a misunderstanding. That's why we got that saying, turning a molehill into a mountain. A whole lot of nothing makes it to be so lot of something that you forget what you find. Anybody had those kind of arguments? You got angry and it goes all around the bin and the barnyard and across the neighborhood to another country. And then you sit down trying to figure out, what were we arguing about? I don't remember. So why were we even arguing about stuff that had nothing to do with anything? Because somebody wasn't listening. And oftentimes it takes two to tango. I'm not talking to somebody here this morning. So, beloved, I'm encouraging us that we need to take this command to heart that, I, that we need to be slow to speak. Quick to listen so that we be slow to anger. And why is the reason? Look, aren't you glad that when they give us a decision, a command that tells you why you ought to? Because anger does not bring glory to God. In here, when it talks about this anger, this, this anger that comes out of us that does not produce righteousness, it's showing that how will you become malicious and you try to hurt somebody because you're mad. Anybody felt like that before? See, see, I know we got to tell on ourselves because we don't tell on ourselves. We're we going to act, we're going to lie to ourselves. But I, I know for a fact, I, I love the Lord with all my heart, but I know when I get angry, there's sometimes I'll be thinking about how I can hurt somebody. And I got to cast myself saying, that ain't gonna, that going to bring glory to God. So then I got to sit down and just be quiet. Like, just be quiet. Many times in our lives, we feel like we have the right to say something that's not right. So therefore, if it's not right, don't say it. Gonna say, I got a right to give you a piece of my mind. Didn't nobody ask for you a piece of your mind? What I wanted some peace. You got some of that? Peace comes from love. Peace comes from joy. Peace comes from long suffering. So if you're still suffering, you're not long. Come on back when you're long suffering. Because <laughs> many times while we're suffering, when we're in pain, we want to put pain on somebody else. Because pain and misery love company. But when we come with joy and love and peace, we're, it's, a, it's amazing how, they, how, says, how love covers a multitude of sins. Why? Because I can see the best in you. I can build you up. I can forgive you. We can work on this and we can heal this and bring it. That brings glory to God. But when you say something and I get angry, I start thinking, I ain't never going to forgive you. I ain't never going to let you go. I'm going to tell your mama about you. I'm going to tell your brothers about you. You ready to destroy their character, to assassinate them, to tear them down? All because you got a hurt feeling. And sometimes our hurt feeling really ain't as hurt as we think it is. Because you start looking in that mirror. You might see what they're talking about. Because what happens when you look in the mirror? I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, I, I start reminding myself why I need to shave. 
because I don't like what I see. <laughs> you say, Abraham, have a flat top, have a mohawk, have an afro. Now I look at it like, oh, no. Let me cut it out so everybody keep on guessing. <laughs> we look in the mirror of minds. Do I need to brush my teeth? Do I need to comb my hair? Do I need to shave? Is it time for me to get my hair appointment? Is it time for me to go back to the gym? I think I need to go check out the doctor because I see a spot somewhere. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? That when you look in the mirror, sometimes it reminds you of things that are good about you and may show you some things that are bad about you. Some of you here last night, you might find out that your eyesight's still good. Am I right about it? <laughs> Y'all should have been there last night. I ain't going to go into it. But we realize that when you look in the mirror, you, it'll tell about yourself. And so the reason why we need to realize that if I am who I am, I see my goodness. I see my bad. And I realize that even if I get angry about what I'm hearing or what I'm dealing with, I'm not going to bring glory to the Lord. So it's best for me to ha- hold my peace. So, because look what happens. If I remove, look what you need to remove. Soreness, filthiness, evil things, or moral defilement, or rank wilderness, or superfluous, or basically the remaining wickedness, or the things that are still around because it's such an influence of wickedness and evil all around us that I need to be careful that I remove this stuff out of my presence. Am I talking to somebody here? That I realize that if this is not going to bring glory to God and this rank, this evil stuff, I need to remove it from my vocabulary. From my library, mm, y'all quiet on me. Remove it from my conversations, and tell my friends I'm not doing. Because many times we allow people to suck us in to all of the evil that's around us, and we have become desensitized that it does not make us blush anymore. The times that when you were, used to hear someone say the Lord's name in vain, you would shudder. Oh my goodness! Now when they do, you'd be like, Oh, it's just funny. It's okay. To me, it still mind blows me that they can still say my Lord and save his name on TV as an ex- as expletive, but yet they won't other use other religious figures' names. I-, I can't answer why, but I know some people got money. And they done let them know that we will find you for saying these names. I, I-, I bet you they I can't prove it, but I'm suggesting. But yet it's will be an outcry of people letting them know that how are you going to say the name that can save you? You going to say it like that? Think about how we don't even know the proper way of pronouncing Jehovah or Yahweh because they revered his name so much they stopped pronouncing it that all we're doing is guessing. Because they revered his name so much they said I dare not even say I might mess it up. So they didn't say his name at all. They just say Adonai. They said Lord. But we allow people around us to say Jesus' name in vain. We, we allow it and we, we poo-poo it as if it's okay. But it, it, and realizing this, that realizing this, realizing that that is not becoming. Because we know, because how can we go say all who call the name of the Lord shall be saved, but we're going to say it's okay if we just say it that way. Our Lord is awesome. And he is to be revered. So we need to remove this all around us. And what do we need? Once we remove something, it tells us we need to replace it with something else. See, I, I want you to realize how the Bible never lets us guess about stuff. It gives you the instruction it wants you to know. How, so, how can I be good at communication? Well, one, you need to stop talking so much and listen. 
It's right there in the Bible. How you know that? Well, my Bible says here that I ought to be, come in here, my, my beloved, that's talking about you, must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, you know, when people, you read that up here, they get mad. Why are you talking about me? Well, it's talking about me too. Because we didn't realize that our Bible, not only should we read our Bible, our Bible reads us. And so as we're looking at it, it starts realizing, okay, if I'm going to do that, oh, I, I, I need to re- remove this stuff from me. Oh, but now I need to put the word in me. Y'all see that right there in the text? This word that's going to bless us, enrich us, and give us lives. This word that can save my soul. Look at verse 21. says, so get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. I just got to stick a pen in there here real quick. Some of y'all might have came in. You got some thorny, some rocky soil. I can't help you. Some of y'all tell me you're quiet on me. That's all right. You might catch on the way home because I can't till your soil. It's up to you to start digging make sure it's fertile, that you take care of what needs to be fertilized so that you can receive that word and see some fruit in your life. But if you haven't prepared your heart before you came up in here, no matter how long I preach, no matter how long I you have said, I don't care what you got to say because it's only going to go so deep. So when trials come, when troubles come, you ain't slow to speak, but you quick to Because you done forgot. What you're supposed to be seeing. But yet when you have soil, it says it's planted in your heart. And it has the power to save your souls. We need to be what? Doers and not hearers. Because once you receive the word, see, he's not done giving instruction. He didn't say just take it and that's it. Take it and run with it. Take it and use it. Let me, I'm, I'm going to get to my seat. Some of y'all, I'm lost some of y'all, so I'm going to go to my seat real quick. But here, I'll just give you this illustration here. Say I begin my business. I'm borrowed from somebody else. Say I give a business to you, and it's in another country, and I said I'm going to have to go, but I'm going to set you up, but I'm going to write to you weekly and monthly to make sure you have instructions and procedures on what to do. So I send you off. It comes, um, the year passes by. You get flooded with mail after I leave. And I come to visit you and I see the buildings unkept. The shutters and windows are hanging off the hinges and broken. Grass is overgrowing. The janitor's sitting down playing cards. The secretary's looking at me. What are you doing here? And I ask, where are you? They say they in the back playing in the week. So I come back to see with you, say, what's going on with the business? Did you get my letters? Yes, we got them. We read them. We had study groups. We broke into small cell groups. Some of them memorized a, a, a line. Some of them memorized a paragraph. There were good words. What did you do with it? Do with them. We did nothing with them. Some of us are the same way, day after day, night after night, week after week. We come, we read his word, we memorize his word, we recite his word, but we're doing nothing with it. What good is that? Tell your neighbor, it's worthless. So I need to be a doer of his word and not a hearer. Because when I do his word, I am like the one who looks in the mirror and does not forget. 
When I do the word, I'm like the one who built a house on the solid rock that was able to withstand the sand. When I'm a doer of the word, I'm that fertile soil that sees fruit some 60, some 100 fold. Doers look intently. It means to look intently means to stoop low. I don't know about you, but as a child, I used to like to look at the insects, and, and I couldn't see them from high up, so I had to stoop low. I had to get a closer look. I had to look intently, and when I look intently, I could see that all oh, ants have different legs than spiders. All oh, flies got big eyes. I was able to notice these things when I look closer. Then I look closer, I say, oh, a honeybee looks different from a bumblebee. I was able to see that I had to look intended, but from a distance, they all look the same. But when you get closer, that's why they got magnifying glass, so they can see what a disease is in your body, see what cell is different from another cell. Am I helping out somebody? If you're not catching, let me come on down your block. When I look closer in the world, I start seeing how things need to be different. In my life, everything's not the same, but some things ought to be different because I need to be separated from the world. That someone, when they look at me, they see someone different. They see someone who loves the Lord, who obeys his word, who has it hidden upon his heart that I might not sin against him. They see someone that no longer has a stony heart, but a fleshy heart that God can write his words upon. They see one that realizes that my heart is deceitful among most, and there's some secret things in here, and the reflection of my heart was going to come out. So if I got anger in my heart, stay around me long enough. You're going to hear me say some angry things. Uh, I got bitterness in my heart, stay around me long enough. You're going to hear some bitter things. But if I got joy in my heart, but if I got peace in my heart, if I got the love of Jesus in my heart, stay around me long enough. You don't want to leave my presence because I'm going to make you feel better about yourself. Because I'm going to tell you what he did for me, shown up, he can do for you. So we see here, look at this perfect law that has liberty that if we persevere and do not forget what we hear, we'll be blessed by it. You see the beatitude there? There's a blessing in obeying his word. Tell your neighbor, there's a blessing in obeying his word. Tell him, don't forget it. Don't just remember it. But do it. Because look what's happening here, and I'm going to close. You look at verses 27. It tells us this, that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, Father, means what? Caring for the orphans and the widows. Now, look, that's not a very extensive list, is it? But what he's pointing out that when you take care of the least of these, because the widows and the orphans were the least of these in the, in the Jewish community. They were the poor, they were the depraved, they could not provide for themselves, they could not take care of themselves. And so when you looked after them, you are showing true. Because we get caught up with religion as long as I came to church, as long as I gave something, as long as I was part of this committee. Look at my pen, look at my badge, look at my title. Tell your neighbor, that means nothing to God. Oh, that's the exterior. He's concerned about the interior. When he came after David, he says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks after a man's heart. Talk to yourself. What's in my heart? 
Yeah, I figure y'all get quiet on me. That's all right, though. Holy Spirit going to deal with you. I don't have to worry about it. Holy Spirit will deal with you. Because what's in my heart is so enough going to come out. Jesus says, where a, treasure, where a man's treasure is there, his heart is also. Some of you might be thinking about the Super Bowl party you got. So that's where your heart is right now. You think about where I got to go after I leave this place. I, I got to go pick up some chips, pick up some food. Your heart's not hearing worse. Some of y'all thinking about how I'm going to go home after this and give me something to eat at the Cracker Bear. Your heart's not here. But when you have your heart on Jesus, it's amazing that nothing else matters. And so in this process, he's pointing out that if you want to serve me, my life. Is reflecting how I have self-control. I am quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. I separate myself from the wicked and the evil that is around me. I obey, I meditate, I study and work out his word in my life. And then I show it how I serve in the community. Y'all see that? He's breaking down to me that in order for me to truly remember who I am, a child of God, it needs to be reflected in my life. Y'all lost it. Let me help somebody out. You know, your mirror shows your reflection. So when you look in the mirror, it reflects the light. The light reflects the image that you see. And so in my life, I should be reflecting an image for people to see. And the image that they should see is Jesus Christ. Jesus says, when you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. And some of them don't know who he is, so we need to go and show him. He loves you. He cares for you. How, how, how do I know Jesus cares for me? Look at me. I have no food. Didn't I not bring you some food? <laughs> and it wasn't me that gave it to you, but the Lord provided that I can give it to you. And that's a sign that he loves me. How, how does he love me? I just lost my loved one. Didn't Jesus say the Lord give it? The, the word of God said the God give it and get taken away. Didn't Jesus say if you believe in me, you should die, but yet you said everlasting life because I am the life and the resurrection. Didn't he say that this world's going to pass away, but Behold, I'm going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Do you understand that all this is in preparation for you have the best life ever? But unless we forget, because you know when we don't have the word in our heart, we forget it. You know, I, I, I challenge those I meet to, to have a word here. No a verse, no a Bible. There's no one, at least one. At least one. And, and, and if you know one, move up from one if all you know is Jesus wept. You might want to know that you need to flee all appearance of evil. Go find where that is. You might want to look that it's God's way that you abstain from sexual immorality. Go find where that is. You might want to read that he is faithful and just a cleanse of all unrighteousness if you confess your sins. Go find where that is. Well, you might want to know he's my shepherd. You might want to know where that one is. You want to know he's a light and strength of my life. You might want to know where that one is. You might know he's a present help in the time of trouble. You might know where that one is. But also you'll find out too that he's a, our redeemer. He's our perfect sacrifice. And in him is life. And in him was a light of men. And you might find that that's something to hold on and to remember. And I'm going to catch this, that many of you, when you get a hold of that mirror, you want to hold on to it. I said I was going to leave you alone, but I got one more because this is funny. The story goes about a, 
he was an explorer and he was in the wilderness area in the plains. And he hung a mirror up on the tree so he could see why he was shaving. But a, a witch doctor kept on coming by. And one day saw, the, saw his reflection in the mirror and was scared. Ooh! Except a bargaining with this man, bargaining with this man, please let me get this mirror, please let me get this mirror. So finally gave and gave the man the mirror. The, the witch doctor got the mirror, put it on the ground, and broke it and shattered it piece and said, he's no longer going to make those ugly faces at me. <laughs> when you don't like what you see, you want to remove it from your presence. When you don't like what you see, you need to remove it from your presence. Get rid of the wickedness. Get rid of the evilness so that when you see yourself in the mirror, you say, Lord, I see what I like. And, Lord, I see that you're working on me. You're not done on me, but you're working on me, and I can't wait. Because the Bible tells us that we don't know what we shall be, but we know we will be like him. Hello, somebody. So as we're talking about going through the series of miracles, we're going to deal with not forgetting. So that's what we're dealing with today, not forgetting who we are. Then we're going to talk about how we're going to be changed to be like him. But I want us to walk away today knowing this. In order for me not to forget who I am, I need to remember who he is. And so therefore, you need to keep a mirror with you. And how do you keep a mirror with you? By having his word hidden in your heart that you might not sin against him. Praise God for his word. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come realizing, Lord, that we are in desperate need of your correction and your direction. And we thank you for the privilege of your word. Now, Lord, we pray that we have your word hidden upon our heart, that we do not just be readers and, and, and hearers, but we be doers of this word. And that we will see reflected in our lives because it's in our hearts. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in the heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God, you rose him from the grave and they shall be saved because all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we thank you for the power of your word and his liberty. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.